How are you now? How are you? After sitting through an afternooner. How are you right now? Hello and welcome folks to episode 58 of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am here to talk to you about your Montreal Canadiens taking a little trip to New Jersey to take on the Devils on Saturday. Um, The Devils are another one of those teams that, you know, they're... They're kind of in the playoff race, I guess. They're they're like they were level with Washington, I think, going into this game. So they're trying to chase down the Tampa's of, of the East, you know, like they have a shot, I think, for sure, at getting into a wild card spot, but they're not nearly as good of a team as, you know, people thought they were gonna be going into the season. Like I think at the very least you can say it's been somewhat of a, a disappointment, uh, in, in New Jersey. So uh Habs have a chance here to, you know, kind of play spoiler a little bit. Um Habs not really in the wild card race, nearly not to the degree of um, of New Jersey, anyways. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a chance to play spoiler and you know take two points off of them and and see if you can make their their journey to getting into a wild card spot a little bit harder. So, interesting opportunity for them. We're going to get to the recap and everything that happened in that game. But first, as you know, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with live in-game betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. The game starts here. And this game, it started at uh, two p.m. Eastern time in the afternoon. Like I said, it's an afternooner, and uh, I wonder if that didn't have something to do with the absolutely horrendous twenty minutes of hockey that was the first period. Uh, brutal. 10 minutes into the period, we had six total shots on goal. It was 4-2 to two for the Habs. It, both teams were just playing like they were afraid uh, of making mistakes. And that period sucked. I'm not even going to... I'm not going to recap the random things that happened in that. Like, towards the end of it, it they there was a few scoring chances for, for each team. You know, at the end of the period, kind of, they picked it up a little bit. But that period sucked. Uh, apparently, this game was broadcast nationally in Slovakia because of Seaman Nemec and Juraj Slavkovsky, two very big names in Slovakia. And... Um, if this was their introduction to NHL hockey, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of Slovakians said, I'm not going to watch this shit anymore. This is terrible. It was a brutal period. It sucked. And um, anyways, we go into the second period. And uh, early in the second period, uh, the third line's going to work a little bit for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, very nice. Josh Anderson digs it out and behind the net, gets it to Jake Evans in the corner. He just lays it into the high slot for Brendan Gallagher. He claps one off the bar and in. It's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Now, they're starting to pick it up, uh, the Habs. They're looking like the better team in this period. But a few shorts, just a few short minutes after that, uh, puck goes up to the point in the Habs zone. Kevin Ball just does uh, one of those uh, slap passes. This was very intentional. He looks like he's about to shoot it, but he actually just slap passes it to the back door. Really nice move, really. 
to Timo Meyer, and Timo Meyer gets an easy one on the back door. 1-1 is your score, and <clears throat> now the, the both teams are a little bit more wide open. Now they've kind of abandoned their fear of making mistakes a little bit, and we're actually seeing some, some decent hockey here. Maybe the Slovakians, who were able to stick it through that first period, are actually starting to enjoy themselves watching NHL hockey a little bit. I don't know, but I tell you what, I started enjoying it a little bit in the second period. And uh, the Habs are, are kind of starting to pull away in, in this frame, right? They're, they're looking like the better team. They're getting the better scoring chances. They're getting more rubber on net. And they get rewarded again for it. Down about five minutes left in the period. Cole Caulfield gains the zone, uh, throws the puck all the way to the other side to Nick Suzuki. He's got space, and he just rips it. Short side, uh, past uh, Nico Dawes, and makes it 2-1 to one in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. But again, their lead doesn't last very long. Rush chance for New Jersey, couple later. Seaman Nemich puts it on net. Uh, Jake Allen kicks out a juicy long rebound right to Andre Palat. Uh, he bangs that one home, and uh, he ties the game up at two. And by the end of the second period, the Habs were up 20-13 to 13 in shots. They had more scoring chances, um, more possession. I mean, you could definitely argue they deserve to be in the lead at this point of the game. But, you know, it's hockey. Deserve has absolutely jack shit to do with it sometimes. And then we go back to boring-ass hockey in the third period. It looks, again, like both teams are have returned because the score is tied. They've returned to being afraid of making mistakes. Um, not a whole lot going on in that period until we get to the second half of it. Nick Suzuki gets called for a really soft hooking penalty. This was only the second penalty of the game against the Montreal Canadiens. And it was also only the second penalty of the game. They hadn't called anything on New Jersey up to this point. But it's a really soft call. And I knew the second that I saw the replay of that call, I went, man, of course they're going to get scored on here because that's a bullshit call. If, you, if that's a hook, then you could have got New Jersey 15 times in the game. You could have got Montreal 15 times as well. But you didn't because it's not actually a hook. You were looking for something towards the end of the game there. And, uh, yeah, of course it hurts. Nico Heischer gets sent in in between uh, Mike Matheson and Yoel Armia. Um, really bad defending from both Armia and Matheson on that one. Um, I know it's a penalty kill, but you can't just let a guy drive the middle like that. Pulls it to the forehand and gets a chicken wing on Josh Allen right up under the arm. Uh, basically bounced off his armpit and in. I really do think Allen probably should make that save. But at the same time, I can't really blame him for it because he shouldn't have had to make that save. That should have been possible for them to D up Heischer when he's got nobody with him and he's just cutting into the middle on a, on a power play. Uh, kind of ridiculous. But... It's three to two in in favor of the uh, of the New Jersey Devils, and that's kind of where it felt like uh, the game was over. Not long after that, Joshua Webb put a perfect pass into the middle of the ice for Josh Anderson. Right, Josh Anderson's cutting in all alone now, and he misses the net high. Uh, the broadcast kept saying he hit the crossbar. When I looked at the replay, it didn't look like it touched the crossbar at all. I think he just missed the net, and it was the second time in this game that he had a golden chance that he missed the net. So it's like, you know, you feel like at this point it's it, it's not it's just not going to happen. And then moments after that, Jesper Bratt gets the puck. He's going up the, the right side wall into the offensive zone. He's all alone. He has no support, no line mates. Nobody's coming with him. He's the only devil in the Canadian zone. And he just goes around Mike Matheson, horrendous defending from Mike Matheson, and uh, goes to the forehand uh, much like Nico Heischer did on the previous play, and he beats Jake Allen. That made it 4-2, to two, uh, but hold on a second. The Habs, they still got a little bit of life in them. They pull Jake Allen from the net, extra skater, and uh, Matheson trying to make up for his earlier error. He dives, a uh, really nice poke check to keep the puck in the zone. Poke check goes directly to Yoel Armia. He taps it over to Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki just squeaks it through Nico Dawes' five hole and into the net, and it is 4-3. to three. The Habs have a chance here. 
but no, they don't. Uh, the refs, uh, TJ Luxmore was in the corner, and uh, he watches, I forget who it was in the Devils, but literally just grab Cole, Caulf- Cole Caulfield in a, in a headlock and take him down to the ice and doesn't call it. And he's staring at it. He is two feet away from it when it happens and doesn't call it. So completely ridiculous officiating. Um, and the Habs lose 4-3. to three. Uh, At least they made a game out of it at the end. I'll, I'll give him some credit for that. And um, with, th- with that being said, now that we're done the recap, uh, the first thing I want to address is the officiating. And before I do this, um, I think it's important to state that I don't care that the Habs lost. I'm, I'm basically a member of Team Tank at this point. Um, and I do like that they made a game out of it. Uh, I didn't like that there was about a period and three quarters that were played of completely boring hockey that was just tough to watch but outside of that I mean I I don't think that the Habs played so badly that I could really be upset about that loss but I'm always upset about inept and unfair officiating and if you're looking for an example here the fuck it is (laughs) this game between the Habs and the the Devils like TJ Luxmore I shit you not if you haven't seen it yet if you didn't watch the game or if you turned it off because like me you felt it was really boring at times um Go to my Twitter. Here I go plugging my own Twitter again, DrakeMT, on uh, X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days, and uh, I got a clip of it. And you can see TJ Luxmore. He's he's down in the corner of that zone. Obviously, the Habs have their net empty, so he's you know trying to come at the net uh, to get a better look of what's going on there. And he literally comes to a point where he, he could reach out and touch Cole Caulfield and sees him get put into a headlock and thrown to the ground and... Then he just like turns around and watches the puck go into the corner and doesn't make the call. Like it's the most obvious call that you could possibly ever have right in front of you, and he just lets it go. So to me, that indicates that you clearly had made a decision that you were just were not calling anything on New Jersey in that game. What else could it mean? How the fuck do you come out of the corner and watch that happen? And at no point do you think of pulling the whistle out of your ass and, and making a call. At no point. You're just, you're okay with that? So that, for me, the only possible explanation is you made a decision at some point during that game. You went, all right, I'm not going to call anything on them tonight. I'm just going to let them do whatever they want. And uh, they did. And look, I don't know if you make that call to do the Habs, do the Habs do anything with it? Because they've had opportunities with four on six or six on four rather before when they pull the goalie and the other team has a, a penalty and they haven't done anything with it. So it's entirely possible they still lose the game. Uh, and that's why I'm saying, like, I, I don't care if they still lose the game. I just want the officials to actually do their job properly. These guys are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to officiate professional hockey. They should be fucking professionals. They should be capable of making obvious calls that happen two feet from their face. That's just, that's a, I think that's a pretty reasonable ask, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about this. Before I get pissed off. Wait, the last thing I got to bring up. The, the soft call on Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki had a breakaway attempt earlier in the game. And, uh, you know, Kevin Ball came from behind him and, and stick-lifted him. The same way that Nick Suzuki had stick-lifted his guy when they called a hook. So it's, why is it a hook on one team and not a hook on the other team? You, you know, go watch the game back and figure that out for me. Uh, these assholes need to be, you know, I shouldn't call them assholes. But you know what? I'm, I'm calling them assholes. They need to be put out in front of the media after games. They need to be answering for these calls. That's the only way that you're ever going to get these guys to, to actually explain their, their thought process. And maybe we can understand it a little bit more, at least as fans. Because me watching this, I would be inclined to think that you uh, had bet on that game. I would be inclined to think that you had money on the devils in that game with the way that they refed it. And uh, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that you're not doing anything to, to change that perception on my part. So anyways... We're going to leave it at that. Uh, silver lining of the night. we got to talk about something positive and of the night. What am I talking about? It's the afternoon. Um, 
silver lining of the afternoon. I, I got to go with Nick Suzuki. Um, I, I know he scored two goals, so it's kind of the, the low-hanging fruit there. Um, he played a really good game, and he kind of got himself going again a little bit. Like the That top line has had a tough couple of games where they, you know, they're getting difficult matchups and they couldn't really get the puck into the net. And uh, he got it done in this one. And they got it done without the power play as well, which is kind of important for me, is seeing those guys actually get some things done at 5-on-5. Five five. They've been a little bit too reliant on, on power play opportunities. Uh, and it's been nice w- when they were good on the power play, but then we see in the last couple of games when the power play struggles, all of a sudden they can't produce at all. Um, now, we're, we saw that in this game, right? They got a couple of 5-on-5 five five goals. Um, uh, technically, one was 6-on-5, but uh, either way, it's it's good to see them producing away from the power play and good to see Nick Suzuki producing away from the power play. Cole Caulfield as well thought he had a really good game. Yuri Slavkovsky, quiet game, but if you if you kept your eye on him during his shifts, you'd see that he was uh, very effective on the forecheck and uh, making a difference out there, clearing a lot of space. Uh, on the, uh, what was it, the, the Suzuki goal, uh, Slavkovsky, obviously the great pass coming across from Cole Caulfield over to Suzuki, but Slavkovsky, he recognized that right away, and he drove immediately to the back post. Um, so he was giving Nick Suzuki options, right? He gave Nick Suzuki, you have the option for the pass or the option for the shot. And by giving him options, I think that makes the, the defense and that makes the goaltenders think a little bit more about what might be coming. And I think that gave him the space that he needed to get the shot. So uh, Slavkovsky is not going to get an assist on that goal, but you could give him an uncredited one uh, as, you know, having watched the game and, and seeing what he did there. I think you, you could easily give him an uncredited one and say, yeah, that was good. And uh, you probably... Um, probably deserve to even get an assist on the score sheet even though he didn't touch the puck. So uh, good work from that line and Nick Suzuki, your silver lining of the afternoon. Could even go with Brendan Gallagher, honestly. It was really nice to see him get a goal. Uh, I feel like he's been working hard out there. He hasn't been playing great, but he hasn't been playing bad. He's just been playing, you know, his high energy crash and bang style hockey since he came back from the suspension. And uh, it was good to see him get rewarded for it. Uh, It was good to see Josh Anderson get an assist on that because you never if if this team's ever going to trade him you never know he's going to need some points for that to be possible uh so it's nice to see him get that but he could have had two goals so i can't possibly talk about him in a positive light after that game because uh he missed the net twice on two golden opportunities but on that play he he made a good one jake evans made a good one i suppose i should also talk about jake evans uh he left the game at one point because he took a skate right to the abdomen like, I forget who it was, but somebody in the Devils kind of got knocked off balance and was falling forward, and his skate came up and hit him right in the stomach. I hope he's all right. I don't think he got cut, and I didn't see any blood on the ice at the very least, so that's, I guess, a good sign. But Habs might be down another forward at this point. Like, they just got absolutely no luck when it comes to injuries lately. Um, Jaden Struble obviously didn't play in this game because he hurt his leg in the the previous game on Thursday night um or his knee or his Achilles we don't even know what it is really uh they're saying he's being evaluated as day-to-day <laughs> like this team really doesn't have a lot of injury luck we might have to see a few call-ups uh more from Laval in the next couple of days to make sure that they've actually got the bodies that they need to play their their games next week it's uh it's it's rough the good news is that they're you know, they're not getting blown out of the water in any of these games. They're, they're right there with the other teams that they're playing. So you, you take New Jersey, for instance, who's a team that a lot of people were predicting to be a, a playoff contender prior to this season actually starting, and now they're struggling to get into a wild card spot. But still, they, they are that team that on paper had people predicting that they would make the playoffs. 
the Habs are right there with them. I don't think that, like, you would think on paper that New Jersey is much further ahead in, in their rebuild than the Montreal Canadiens are, but I don't think that's really the case. They've definitely got more game-breaking talent because the Habs don't really have a Jack Hughes. Um, certainly, you'd love to find one in, in the next couple of drafts, but uh, they don't grow on trees. And But at the same time, I, I look at the way those two teams just played, and I go, New Jersey, you're not that good. You guys thought you were close to being done your your rebuild? Because I, I don't think so. It's either that or the Habs are further along in theirs because the Habs are playing with a lot of replacement players right now that uh, you know weren't expected to be necessarily playing games for the Montreal Canadiens this late into the season. And here they are, right? Uh, I don't know. The officiating did a really good job of souring me on that game. Um, and I think I was already ripe to be getting a little sour because the, like I said, the first period sucked. It was just boring. Uh, and almost the entirety of the third period was, was boring as well. So <clears throat> you get boring hockey like that with shitty officiating to boot. It's just going to sour my mood uh, very fast. Uh, I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but I'll tell you what, uh, this one was tough for me to uh, to actually enjoy, even though uh, I would argue like the Habs weren't that bad. Um, one for the tank, right? So this is going to help them get closer to that top five draft spot. Uh, and really not that bad in terms of on-ice performance, aside from being a little bit boring and having shitty officiating. I don't know what more you can really say about that game. Just not not one that I would like to watch again. Uh, I had When we went into this one, Justin Blades, uh, our, our managing editor, had made a joke in the EOTP Slack chat. Uh, he's like, I'd like to see four goals from the Habs tonight uh, because Allen's a net, so you know he might let in six, but I'd like them to at least put up four. They got close. They got close. Maybe if TJ Luxmore makes a fucking call at the end of the game there on Caulfield getting headlocked, uh, then they get one and uh, we go to overtime. But then Team Tank would be upset. So I guess it's kind of a catch-22 situation here. Either Either something cool happens and you get to be excited about it, but it also kind of ruins something else that the team's trying to do or that we want the team to try and do, or... Um, you know, what happens happened and then they actually get, uh, what they want, but it sucks to watch. So, um, yeah, anyways, I think I'm going to cut it off there because I'm, I'm risking running back into a, a rant about the officials, which I don't think anybody needs or wants. So we will cut it off. We're only running about 18 and a half minutes this time. So since soirée pas mal typique pour les employés de soutien, uh, we are on Spotify, Google play. Apple. I'm on Megaphone. Uh, or sorry, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.